What's up, people? Michael here with the Rare Petro Podcast, bringing you our first edition of a new series we're starting. What in the heck happened in oil and gas last week? We are live on YouTube. It's about 11.08 Mountain Time. If you're, if you're listening to this, it should be either Thursday afternoon or your commute Friday morning. I am super excited to be back with you, chilling in the studio and bringing you content that you guys really like. I really appreciate everybody who's reached out to me and says they've enjoyed, they've missed the podcast. I've actually been, have been on a side project for about past five months, so I haven't had the ability to get in here, but now that I'm back in here, we are ready to roll and I'm excited to bring you both things you still love. We're always still going to have Around the Basin in 180 seconds. That's going to drop at the end of this month, but I wanted to start this new podcast, What in the Heck Happened in Oil and Gas last week? Because I think it's, I think there's a lot of stuff that happens on a week-to-week basis that We'd love to that you guys love to hear about. You don't want to wait till the end of the month to hear about uh, Warren Buffett strong arming Chevron to try to get to try to help Occidental buy Anadarko. There's all these things you want to hear about. What happened to the oil price last week? So many different things that I think are happening that I really want to to share with you guys. So I'm excited to be back with you. Um, these are going to drop hopefully every Thursday afternoon. The um, we're going to go live on YouTube. So if you're watching me on YouTube, hi mom. Um, but, we're, excuse me, um, they're going to, like I said, drop Thursday night or Thursday afternoon so they'll be ready for your commute Friday morning. And so I also want to say, you know, the oil is still trading right now. So something crazy happens while we're live. We will have to go ahead and we'll go ahead and adjust it as is. But I'm excited to bring this, guys. I'm excited to bring this to you. And, and basically what I want to do with this podcast is just kind of walk through what happened, what happens in the oil, what happened in the oil market geopolitically and just kind of keep you guys up to date week to week. We're kind of going to walk through what happened um, to the oil price throughout the week and how that kind of corresponds with some sort of new, a lot of news that's dropped. You know, um, a little clerical work to start. If you guys do want to follow along at my charts, we use a, a, an app called TradingView, and it's an open source free platform. You can go ahead and hit me up either on LinkedIn or Twitter, and I will get you that link so you can kind of follow along to the charts I'm using to kind of dive in and show you guys what I'm doing. So I think that's enough clerical work. Let's go ahead and dive into to just what happened last week. And I think the, the, the first thing we're going to talk, the first thing we need to know is, uh, first thing we do is, is the oil market is basically open 24 hour. Uh, I call it 20, I call it 22, I call it basically 24, five. It's open fr- uh, on mountain time. Um, it open uh, markets open at, excuse me, my computer froze here. This is why technology isn't great, especially when we're live, because now I can't go on end of this. So if you're listening on this podcast, give me a second. But the market opens at uh, uh, four o'clock on uh, four o'clock Mountain Time, and it closes every out. It closes every day at about three o'clock to four o'clock when it resets. Otherwise, it trades pretty much Sunday through Friday till about five o'clock. So we got a lot of stuff to go over. Um, when the market did open at four today, it went ahead and gapped down. Currently, uh, oil was trading at the beginning of the week. It started at sixty one sixty three. Gapped all the way down to 61.31, and that was on a report right when the market opened that two Saudi tankers were actually attacked in the Strait of Hormuz. It, the Reuters reported that this that the Reuters reported a quote from the Saudi saying that the attack and the damages sustained by the two tankers were extremely significant. And what's interesting is generally when you know you generally someone an oil trader would think when when a you know a a tanker is attacked. You would think that that mar- that that crude is now coming off the market, thinking we're going to have tighter supplies, and you'd like to think oil actually spikes. Well, the problem is that's not what that's not really what the traders are reacting to. That's the news that they're reacting to, but they actually slightly drove the price. They drove the price down right initially to about in that first you know twenty thirty minutes, about thirty cents from sixty one sixty all the way down to sixty one thirty. 
And then as the night, as the Globex session rolled in, which is that, if you ever hear me talk about the Globex session, that's the night session, anywhere from about 4 p.m. till about 7 a.m. the next day. So during that Globex session, the price actually rose about $2, sort of to correspond with what you're seeing there, that, that, that the Saudi uh, tankers were attacked. And you saw while the price gapped down Sunday, right when the market opened, Throughout that entire Globex session, the Euro se- session, which opens at 1 a.m., the uh, European session, which, or, or excuse me, the Euro session, uh, no, excuse me, Asian session opens at 6 p.m., a- uh, Euro sessions opens at 1 a.m., and you saw both of those spike it up, and it actually ran it in a matter of, yikes, yeah, six, seven hours. It ran the price from 61, 31, all the way up to very close to our weekly high, but it ran it up to about 63.30. And then from there, we saw an absolute tanking tanking of the oil price and that was 7:30 on a monday and we know why trump tariffs on china uh president trump came out and said we are going to impose about 200 billion dollars worth of tariffs on on goods that are coming in from china and, and if there's one thing oil traders love to react to that's tariff news china is one of the biggest buyers of oil and gas on the planet and the united states was both the, one of the biggest producers and buyers so whenever you have those kind of talks happening and and they aren't going well. The traders are going to react. And they and at 7:30, when 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 the State Department and President Trump announced all of these tariffs, that price, the price of oil went from 63.32 all the way down to the weekly low, which was the low of the week at about Monday. Happened about 10:15 Mountain Time on Monday, all the way down to 60.75. And to kind of give you an example, if you had put in a short position at 63 dollars, so as you say, you saw a price at 63 dollars, you anticipated. Um, the sanctions or just got lucky in a short position and you rode that thing all the way down it was a good it was a good uh say you know one contract would have netted you about two three thousand dollars so it would have been it was we would have called a really spicy play i unfortunately wasn't in the market at that point so we weren't quite able to get it catch any of that but i was in the chair for about the last dollar drop and it was pretty intense to watch i saw the the tariffs come in it was like i gotta hop in the chair and see what's happening um, and so basically when that happened, you know, so, so we're talking about Monday, about 10 a.m. Now price is just going to continue to hang out for the next two, three days. It actually bounced below what's, it actually da- bounced below one of our low, lower Fibonacci zones that we look at. Um, it just bounced around in, you know, from 60, 80 all the way up. It got up to about 60, 20, uh, 61, 20, excuse me, fell back down to 60, 80, which is uh, another support line. And then actually that, then that's when it broke out. You know, we have our 0% fib line at 61.31 because that's where it gapped down to the moment the market opened. So that's where we kind of set our zero datum for our Fibonacci line. So once it hit, once it broke that um, over the Globex session, and once we got into the, the, the Tuesday session, we just saw it really bounce around again. There really wasn't much Tuesday that dropped. The only thing that really dropped Tuesday was OPEC uh, released all of its crude inventory estimates for the fall uh, for the next month. And then they also update what's all of update all of their yearly forecast. And so that came out Tuesday morning, which sort of muddled the markets a little bit. OPEC came out and really estimated that there'd be about a 30.58 million barrels per day. That's how much they'd be producing in 2019. That's actually a uh, a revisement of about less than a, a 1.1 million barrels. They were, they were about 31.5 um, last month. So they're revising it, saying that the, the, the oil market's going to continue to tighten. You know, the port also suggested that there should be a ride in crude, that, that, that there's a rise in crude inventories that are happening right now. And we're seeing that between the API reports and the EIA reports, which we'll get to in a little bit. But what they're saying is that while that's been happening over the past couple of months, that there are new producer, that, that there are more producers coming in to cut production to hopefully even that out and kind of balance that market out. I, I, you know, 
the report was somewhat muted. They they do a lot of adjustments. I thought the biggest nugget that came out of this that came out of this report was basically that North Amer- that was this quote that quote basically undermining North American producers and specifically share explorators. They said there was a quote that North American producers will continue to face will continue facing pressure by shareholders demanding capital discipline and a return on their investments, and this could come at the expense of increased disposable capital. Basically what they're saying, and this is something that if you follow oil market stocks very much, a lot of these big public shale companies, they don't actually make money. They make they make money, but they don't make incremental profits. They make a lot of revenue, but they spend a lot of money both to buy assets and Permian right now, you're talking a hundred thousand dollars an acre. It's just an unbelievable number. You're talking about transportation costs, especially in the Permian's a lot. Bakken is very expensive. Colorado DJ is very expensive, and so there's all these rising costs that are that 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 are focusing that these that that are driving up costs on the capex side and the opex side. But what you're unfortunately, but what you're seeing is these actual stock prices continue to rise because people are more looking at production. And I think what OPEC is hopefully trying to get at is that no, 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 we're not worried. Don't don't buy value of companies based on production. Buy them on how much money they make. And, and if we, you know, if you get into really the nuts and bolts, hardcore shale expo- uh, exploration companies don't make as much incremental profit as you would like to expect if you were say a long if you were say a Warren Buffett who's a long who's a long term holder I'm going to buy this stock low and sell it high it's not necessarily what someone like him would look for because he's looking for a strong balance sheet and that's not what you see and so OPEC is they're really throwing shade at uh at all these North American shale producers as they as they've done for years as they are attempting to drive out of the market but I thought that was about the most interesting nugget outside of them revising their uh, barrels per day down about a million barrels, which you know, at traders traders reacted to. We saw that revisement of the, we saw the revisement down, and we saw about a about a fifty to 75, uh, 70 cent rise in the price of Brent, which was very interesting. And then you know, once we kind of get out on, and so that's this all happens on Tuesday. And the other big thing that happens on Tuesday is the API American Petroleum Institute releases their weekly crude stocks for oil and gas. And and, and what we saw there is that the API actually. Um, the API reported a eight million barrel build in the in, in the amount of crude stocks, and so you know for for anyone who's wondering if, if if there's a build in if there's a build in crude stocks, that means there's more supply available on the market, which means price generally falls. And when we look at the yeah, API that drops at two thirty Mountain Time um, on Tuesdays, and we saw about I think it's like a 30, 40 cent drop immediately in about one minute, which is generally really quick. If you're sitting in the chair for that, you can really it can really catch you a little bit. Um, but that drove the price down, which was dangling at about sixty-one fifty, and it drove that down all the way down to about sixty-one twenty-five, and then it just continued to hang out in that sixty-one twenty to sixty-one forty range, bounce back around up until that Globex session, uh, up until Wednesday at about excuse, yeah, up until about that until about that Globex session. Really, what happened? That Globex session really decided just to push up uh, the price of oil. Sometimes the you know. The Globex session has about, I would say, about 15 to 20% of the volume that gets traded during the U.S. session or when the majority of the oil contracts are being traded. So sometimes in that Globex session, when traders take a position or say everyone's net long, it just tends to rise that price. That's what we saw Wednesday at night. That price just sort of steadily rise. It continued to rise up. And then all of a sudden, we hit the U.S. session in the morning, which continued to be muddy up until we saw the EIA drop its number. So the EIA then comes in. So API drops, the American Petroleum Institute drops their crude inventory estimates Tuesday, Tuesday at 
230, and that sets really the market. So the key is when the EIA comes in Wednesday morning, drops their crude stock numbers, the question is what is the difference between the API and the EIA? When the API comes out and drops a number, that sets the market. If the EIA comes in above or below, that's when you see a change. If it comes in exactly the same, it's pretty muted. And what we saw out of the EIA was just a slightly smaller build. They had about a $5 million crude build, and you can see that in the price of oil. It didn't react as heavily as you would expect it. It didn't react as heavily as you expected. But the big thing that did happen is there was another Saudi Arabia terrorism pipeline infrastructure that dropped. They come out to they come out Wednesday and basically say basically say that there was a, some sort of drone attack at an oil pumping station in Saudi Arabia. The oil the Saudi State News SPA. I mean, who knows if they can be trusted or not? But quote they they're calling it an act of terrorism. And that was the quote from Saudi Energy Minister uh, Khalid Al Fahili, which is probably one of the most powerful oil players. It was probably one of the most powerful oil people in the world. And that really spiked oil. And that's really what drove oil up to really what we saw the high, uh, which was about 63.50. And that's the high we saw, we've seen all week. And it's currently kind of dancing around that zone. Currently falling, price oil currently 62.93 and falling. Um, And so that's uh, that, that's kind of some of the big big oil news. It was a lot of uh, a lot of Saudi Arabia stuff that was really bouncing, uh, excuse me, bouncing all, uh, bouncing all of this uh bouncing the price around pretty pretty much the other big oil and gas news that came out from an international macro view was actually Schlumberger. they're actually selling their drilling and uh their drill pipe and fishing business uh, they're selling it to excuse me cord got stuck uh they're selling it to uh wellbore integrity solutions for about 400 million dollars they're selling drill co thomas tools and all fishing and remedial services uh along with a facility manufacturing plant that's located on rankin road in houston like i said it's about a 400 million dollar investment and there's two quotes the biggest quote is from slumberger uh is from slumberger's chris uh chris which says that the drill coat thomas tools and fishing and remedial business will have a greater opportunities for growth uniquely positioned with the strategic buyers portfolio this and this is the key right here this divestiture will enable slumberger to focus on its core drilling strategy including the development of autonomated technologies that can enhance the drilling power this is i thought the key they are based slumberger is basically telling us that we're that we're trying to get out of the 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 hardware business and we are trying to get into the software business in making in making a lot of what we do as a service company autonomous we want to you know after the completion of the transaction there uh that wsi is actually going to be taking a couple some Slumberger employees and they're going to move their employee count up to 1100 so that's what Slumberger is trying to do they're attempting to go and, and that's really what we're seeing with these service companies um, Halbert, Slumberger, even Liberty Oilfield Services and, and some of the small ones they're all looking for it's okay in 5 to 10 years we're going to have the ability with technology to do all sorts of things that we couldn't imagine 5 years ago how do we position ourselves to have the resources to be able to do that and I think Slumberger is taking this first step let's get out of the drill the drill pipe and fishing business and give it to somebody who focuses on that and let's turn our efforts to scaling huge huge technology projects and and scaling huge technology projects and that's what we're seeing right there that's kind of all the news i don't really have anything else for us i'm trying to look make sure i don't get any news for us that's really what i've got we've got for this week um we'll throw some bait i'll throw some oil facts i'll throw some oil price numbers at you um right now uh the weekly volume at, uh the weekly point of control which is the which is the which is the price at which the most amount uh, oil contracts are trading was actually a sixty-one ninety. So currently we're trading about a dollar above that. So sort of a prediction for the market goes. I bet we come back down and as long as no news drops. I bet we come back down and test that POC, or as I like to call, as I like to call a naked point of control. Um, 
before that market closes tomorrow at 5. But, you know, like I said, things could drop. Anything crazy dropped, I'll make sure to update you guys. Otherwise, I will let you guys get back to work. Thank you for checking out what happened in oil and gas last week for May 13th, 2019. And as always, thank you, thank you, thank you for helping me modernize the oil field.